Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is the awesome Emmeline Gibert, Executive Development Chef at Sodexo Live. Coming up on today's show... Desperate times as Emmeline offers Phil a job. Oh my God, we have a wedding this weekend. Can you help us out? Phil pitches a new musical idea. Moving here, moving there, la la la, all that sort of stuff. And the show starts peddling controversies. I am going to reserve my comment right now. All that and so much more as Emmeline chats through her brilliant story so far. I'm going to put it out there that Emmeline might be the most passionate guest we've had on the show so far, demonstrating incredible enthusiasm and energy for hospitality while showcasing an excellent and proactive career. Her story is yet another shining example of where this incredible industry can take you. When you care deeply about what you do, have a thirst for knowledge and control your attitude to your work. A huge thank you to Emmeline for giving up her time. We've got more awesome stories each week, so please don't forget to give us a like, share and review on your podcast platform of choice. It really makes a big difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today we're back in the kitchen and not only that, we move into the world of contract catering. Today's guest has had a cracking career so far, having worked in Dubai, Spain, the US and now finds herself in London for one of the most recognisable catering brands, that's Sodexo. And in their Sodexo Live business, which covers off global events, stadia and arenas to name but a few it sounds like an incredible place to be so i am delighted to welcome their executive development chef emmeline gibert hi phil how are you hi very good thanks for having me today you are very very welcome where are you today where are we recording this uh in london very good very nice yeah so you're uh, obviously not at work at the moment but uh yeah I'm intrigued by the title of Executive Development Chef. Tell us what one of those does. All right. So so that means anything related to offer development, people development, venue support, such as major events, Chelsea Flower Show, Royal Ascot, uh, The Golf. Uh, so menu, business development, compliance, procurement. So it's... Uh, varied uh, varied role into a role yeah sounds it's like fa- it. fascinating very very fascinating yeah do you, uh, do, you, do you still cook of course good yeah, good, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> excellent good 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 yeah well i mean let's just get to it let's go all the way back to the beginning of your life career how did you get into hospitality in the first place or when was the first moment where you thought yeah this is going to be the career for me all right, so that, that's a funny one because actually I always enjoy cooking with my grandmother, uh, but my mom was not really a foodie. Okay. And I was 15 and, you know, it's the time you have to make the decision of your lifetime, which I think it's a bit young. And uh, yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah, like every kid, you're like, oh my God, what I want to do. And, uh, and then, yeah, it was this conversation with my mom was like, do you want to, do you want to be an accountant? Do you want to go into languages? Do you want to be in sales? Do you want to be a hairdresser? Do you want hospitality? And that there was like, oh, I would love to go into hospitality. And I don't know where it came from. And then I done my first year and I loved it. So my mom was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and yeah, and this is when it all started. So it's not like, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's luck. So you were, you were quite young then when the yeah. uh, uh, like because I, I i mean people come to it at all ages and all times and, and all of that sort of thing i i've spoken to so many people on this podcast now and it varies so wildly and it's only really a very small handful of people who mm-hmm. know very quickly that yeah this is this is going to be the place for me so i mean you know you, I, I suppose you're one of the lucky ones yeah i am <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I joined, I joined that cooking school. Uh, so I done uh, four years um, into culinary school. Then uh, so it was amazing, got me two diploma. What was great about that school, it's the, the first year you kind of do both. You do front of the house and back of the house. Uh, so it, it gives you, you know, you, you can choose what, what you, you feel best. Yeah. But obviously I, I choose cooking. But what was great is understanding, you know, how front of the house works. Uh, so that uh, that was great. Then the second year, you 
only doing cooking. And then the third year, you go back again, front of the house, with like, you know, once a month, and then most of it in the cooking. But once again, it's like the evolution and really understanding what's your colleague going through. Yeah. Um, and during those four years as well, I did about 32 weeks of training uh, into different establishments. So I did, wow. you know, some fine dining, traditional restaurant. I work in Disneyland, so that was great. And as a front of the house, so that was amazing. God, uh, well, you have to have a personality for that, don't you? The, yeah, um, oh, no, the... it was... was... <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It's uh, like was a month and uh, I was working in a special events when the, the park is actually closed. So every day you come, you've got like a different outfit and uh, and it's it, it's good. It's good. It's during that time as well. I always worked, uh, you know, as a waitress or a, a kitchen porter or, you know, like, you know, cleaning rooms, try to make a bit of uh, of money on the side. And yeah, it makes you understand really what is our business and, you know, our industry. So then I got my diploma, very, very proud. And I was like, oh, I need to learn English. You know, English is the language, like, you know, like I need to learn English. So I was like, okay. So I went to America as an au pair for okay. one year. I was in uh, in um, Rhode Island, Providence, in a wonderful family with two wonderful kids. Uh, so gave me a, like a bit of a break of hospitality, but allow me to learn English and see different things. So I travel like a lot in, uh, in America as well on the, you know, weekend holidays. And uh, my objective in my life was to go back there as an exec chef. I was like, okay. one day I will be back. I will have my American dream. Like I will be, you know, cooking in, a, in one of those restaurants. And um, yeah, so finished my first year um, as an au pair, came back home, uh, work in a table dot for a couple of years and then I've done I've done everything in this tableau dot like I started uh, to be fair I knock at the door I drop my CV I was like oh like I'm a you know I'm a trained chef I'm speaking fluent English and they were like oh my god we have a wedding this weekend can you help us out and this is when it all started and weirdly like I was in the kitchen with them but I took care more of the pastry side Okay, yeah. And then after a couple of years, I moved on to another restaurant as a pastry chef. So I think I was there for about a year, a year and a half. And then I wanted to go in a bigger city. And I was like, Emeline, you train as a chef, you know, like, you know, now it's, uh, you know, it's time to, to progress. So I moved to Montpellier in the south of France, work in different restaurants and end up in a, in a restaurant, which is really like nice title. It's like Morceau de Lune. So it's, it's like piece of moon. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's a work, work there. And I really enjoyed it because my boss was thinking outside the box. She was really into like bio, organic products, you know, like really different mix of flavors. Her husband was Turkish. So this is when it started all my influences with spices and fresh herbs, thinking a bit like food outside the box. And, uh, and try to give like a, a, a good experience, you know, like from something different that you see in Montpellier. Very proud, like we won a talk in a Goemio at the time. So I was, uh, I was like, you know, over the moon. Uh, so stay there for about two years and a half. And then, you know, it started to tinkle inside. And I was like, all right, it's time. Like, I need to go back to US. Uh -huh. you know, I, need to, I need to follow my dream. So that's another funny story, but... Like you, you always think you can do anything. I say, mom, let's go, let's go to New York and, you know, just go like for five days and drop CV around. And obviously that's not the way it works. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I went there with like a pile of CV, knocking to restaurant in Brooklyn, French placing, saying, yeah, I'm a head chef. You know, like uh, I got, I want to talk in the Goemio. So it's kind of prestigious. And I was like, you know, and it is not the way it works. <laughs> so of course, like it didn't work. Then came back and we have like this, this magazine in France is like, um, l'hotellerie. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I found a, I found an ad and it was like in a, a like a restaurant in Lenox, Massachusetts. So Lenox is kind of like the, the Hamptons for Boston. Uh, so it's a beautiful area with like one of the biggest yoga center in the world. It is just, it's a, it's a little paradise. It's, it's so gorgeous. And uh, yeah, so I applied and after, uh, yeah, after a couple of months of interviewing, et cetera, et cetera, I got the job, got the job, went to Paris, had my visa and uh, yeah, in about a month and a half was exec chef in America. 
That's dream number one achieved. Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's this is like, it's just like, oh, that's what I want. That's what I want. Like, and then, uh, yeah. And then it happened. And after they wanted me to stay a bit longer, but I was like, oh, I want to learn Spanish. I want to travel. I would like to, to have an experience, you know, in, in Dubai. I want to see the world. And I always had to be a bit careful because I had a dog. Uh, as right. you know, I'm, I'm a dog lover. We'll come on uh, to that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to be, uh, I had to be, uh, yeah, careful where I go and like there is no quarantine, etc., etc. So then, uh, yeah. So came back home. I was like, all right, Spain. So my first was I don't wanted to go to Barcelona because I'm from south of France, so I kind of knew Barcelona. But I was like, oh, Valencia or Madrid. And then, yeah, end up, uh, you know, calling French restaurants, you know, like really randomly, you go on internet, French restaurant in Madrid, and then one gentleman pick up and he was like, how do you know I'm looking for somebody? I was like, I don't know. I mean, once again, I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah. I was like, uh, he's like, okay, can you come next week? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, yeah, went there, met the team, see the restaurant, was absolutely beautiful. And uh, in, in the meantime, though, like, I was really interested to go to Dubai and I, I met this lady who was opening a cooking school in Jumeirah Beach, but it was not opened yet. She was working on the project and obviously I had to have a job. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to go to, to, to Spain. Wonderful experience in Spain. Obviously, the products over there are fantastic. We had like the fishmonger coming with just palette of, you know, like fish right from the sea, like dropping to us. It, it, it It's was was really good. I learned how to cook sous vide. It was like a gastronomic restaurant, so we were doing everything homemade from the, the bush to the bread to, the, you know, dessert. Uh, really small team, but, you know, really, really completely the opposite of America. I was right. in the Mediterranean restaurant, but America was like really, really, really busy. It was fine dining, but was really like, you know, like, like, yeah, like a lot of covers. And uh, so, was, so I, I, I kind of switched again and really focused on, you know, different flavors trying to be more perfect more defined like and then the lady from uh, from dubai called me and said oh would you like to to come uh, uh to help us out for the opening for um for a week and i was like i was like yeah so as i spoke to my boss said, can i take a week holiday and try you know try this etc and um went to dubai to support just for a week the, the opening of the cooking school and uh yeah it wasn't for me Okay. Um, the, the Dubai, I mean, the, the, the short experience I had there, like, wasn't really my personality and was really hot. So I don't think my boxer would have loved that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. But it's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, so then went back, uh, went back in Spain and uh, I was like, oh my, like, I need to, I need to change. Like, you know, I need to, was, I was there one year and I was, I don't know, like the, the Spanish life, it's very partying and very, you know, it was not was not for me anymore, and I, I I do love speaking English. I must admit, uh, I'm very fascinated about these languages. So it's um so I was like okay so went back home, and I was like what do I do now? Like I was like should I go to Singapore? You know because there is no quarantine for dogs. I was like like you know so it's the <laughs> it's the big you know. Dog. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and uh, I was I was going to turn thirty this year, so you know it was kind of like the big. Um, yeah, the big number and you're like, oh my God, I need to make the right decision now. It's no more, uh, yeah, it's no more like, you know, like playing around and just trying to have experience. You, I need to build something. And my mom was like, you know, always listen to your mother. She's like, why don't you go to London? I was like, oh, London is too small. You know, it's not like America. And she's like, I think it, it matches your personality, Emily. And I was like, okay, so I tried, you know, send CVs, you know, came here for a weekend for interviews, etc., etc., and um, and got a job. And actually, at the end of May, will be nine years. I'm uh, I'm in this beautiful country, and uh, and yeah, yeah. So so that's my uh, that's how I arrive in London. Uh, so I started as, um, so I, I did downgrade in my position. I went as a senior sous chef in Oben restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, uh, in South Kensington. So it was, uh, was a good step because I've learned all about your legislation. And obviously coming from different countries, you kind of, you know, you, you need yeah, to recenter a bit. So it was really, really good experience. That's a, a, a fair point actually like i mean you know to we're kind of just talking 
that you know very off the cuff here about moving here moving there la 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 all that sort of stuff but actually you know it's quite a, an upheaval whatever however transient you are and however comfortable you are with travel and all of these sorts of things to still have this moment whereby you are moving from a di- one culture to another but you're living here it's not like you're just experiencing it for a couple of weeks and being you know consumed by everything and all around you you've got mm-hmm. to make a life here mm-hmm. and so actually that's quite that can be quite a lot of pressure so actually to have the foresight to say well look i'm just going to i'm going to take a step back so i can kind of almost ease my way into understanding the the fullness of of what i'm doing here and as you say learning a new legislation i mean the the uk public health is you know it's quite specific mm-hmm. in in its approach so you know all of these things where if you'd have gone straight into a head chef maybe you would have been setting yourself up for for failure I, because there's too much I, I, to learn no i don't think so because okay like... i'll just scrap that i'll edit I'll, I'll that bit out <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, you, you know, at the end of the day, you need to, to follow certain procedures when you cook. And when, you know, you, you've been cooking for many years, you know what to do and what not to do. You know, after it's not solely about like knowing which cutting board you need to use for which products, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's um, I, I think is, um, yeah, I think it came to, you know, the, the, this position came and I was like, sometimes it's better to regress to think about the long term. And not jumping right away onto, you know, I, I felt at the right at that moment that was the right decision because at the end, like I was head chef in France and I moved to uh, to America. I was exec chef. I didn't know nothing, like right. nothing yeah. at all. Like uh, like uh, I arrived there, I was completely lost. Like we don't cook meat like the same way they do, you know. Like they have like a million temp for a steak over there, you know. It's uh, everything. Every country is different. And to be fair, like I moved to Madrid, I didn't know how to speak Spanish, Phil at all like right. I was literally yeah. like my boss was French so he was uh, like when I was placing I was giving him my order at the end of the day you know and then and then after two months as I came in you know how to do it now you, you need to do it so then I was so scared to that my pronunciation was not right that uh, I was waiting the out of office just to speak to the answer machine you know to oh, place my you. order yeah. yeah and then and then after I start to gain confidence so it's just I don't know, it, it, what comes, you know, and you need to embrace it. And this position came. I had other opportunity, but I was like, this is this is the one. This is a very strong company. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, you know, I'm going to learn, you know, like the right way. And, uh, and you know, it's giving me a break as well, a bit, you know, and, and try to settle down. And, um, but yeah, but I could... Uh, I mean, you do. You are complicated in this country, though. You, you. It's it's true. You you are a bit complicated. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I done uh, I done eight months there. Then I decided that you know was you know okay cool. Now I want to be a head chef again. Yeah. And I I start to work in a, a cafe in Holborn, Fleet River Bakery. So it was completely different of what I I'm, I was used to do because I was like fine dining and it was really cafe style. Uh, learning your sausage roll, uh, you know, like big salads, like different sandwiches. And I was like, you know what? I found that very interesting because that's going to, once again, unlock a box about like matching flavors. And they ha- they they wanted to open another site, like a sister cafe, and it's something I've never done. So I was like, you know what? Good progression, you know, learn, uh, develop more simple food and start to work with, you know, like, Really, the flavor, like sometimes, you know, you can take an aubergine and twist it in 300 million ways. But like I'm a huge fan of Otolanghi, for example. And, you know, I think his food is just absolutely stunning. You get the right products. You cook it the right way. You don't need to, you know, put one million things on it. And it's just like, bam, full of flavor. And then we like opening that that other cafe as well was something like really really interesting. So I done uh, I done that. I, I stayed with them for quite a long time, and uh, we opened like a gastro pub as well with a Josper oven. So once again another challenge. Never uh, never work with a Josper oven. Build different teams. Yeah, seeing like you know different things and try to yeah to 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 think about. How, what can work there for different areas. Anyway, and uh, so stay there like for about, I think, five years, four, four five years. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then 
after was timer, you know, I was like, oh, I want to go into development. I want to, yeah, I want to go back to the roots. I want to, yeah, I've done that for many, many years. And I was like, oh, it's time. You know, once again, you just follow your heart. And I was like, I really want to, I really want to go into development. And I found this position as, um, at the time, a development support chair for Sodexo. Yeah. And uh, I think there is a, you know, Sodexo is not solely hospital with with bags of food, because that, that was my view when I was in France. Like, you know, we know Sodexo, it's a French company, it was like, you know, more catering for, for you know, schools and hospital, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, it, it's brilliant, but obviously it's not my, my cooking. And I was like, huh. And then I, I read the, the job description. I was like, oh my God, that sounds absolutely amazing. Like you've just written it yourself. Like, this is the job that I want. And here is the job presenting itself to you. Yeah. And, uh, and he was, uh, so, and, I, and I spoke to the, to the gentleman and I was like, oh, oh so, so what is it? He was like, oh, that's Sodexo Sport and Leisure. I was like, oh. And uh, so then I understood that, you know, you've got different segments into Sodexo. So yes, you've got, you know, justice, you know, there is different segment. And then you've got yeah, Sport sure. and Leisure. And Sport and Leisure, it's all, you know, the stadiums, like, like the wonderful museum. Uh, you've got, we've got two boats on the Thames. Uh, we've got, you know, Ascot, which is like such a wonderful venues. Like, yeah, major events. I was like, whoa. And I'm like, okay, I apply. Like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And then, uh, yeah, and then got the job. And uh, and here I am. Like, it's been about three years and a half now. And I enjoy every single minute of it. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a, a fascinating world, like corporate and catering, because it's I never done that. And, uh, and you meet absolutely, like, like master people and you learn from uh yeah it, it's yeah it's fantastic yeah i at your uh I'm, we're gonna talk about your instagram profile at some point well we might as well do it now you know your title uh, or your the the tag of your instagram is foodie and pause mm-hmm. we've also heard through this last 22 minutes that the dogs play quite a large part in your life yes. um and that's as as they should but uh, having been on there, I've seen a couple of photographs with you and a certain Raymond Blanc. Yes. You're just talking about, you know, the, the people that you meet whilst doing the, the role you have. I mean, is there a nicer man in the industry than that oh, man? They, oh, I'm like, if you start me on the subject, it's just, it's just, and it's, it's just wonderful. I mean, it's giving, and you see, the, the thing, being French and, you know, Michelin star is not, my background is not where I, you know, I, I, I grow. It's just such a luck to, to, to work with him and his team. They're just absolutely like brilliant people. And Raymond is just, I don't know, you are on events and he still teach you something. And you see he's so passionate. And this is yeah. what our industry is about. He's vibrating, you know, for foods and, and products and flavors. And uh, yeah, is uh, I mean, I'm very lucky. Very, very lucky. Yeah, but do you know the the you say you're lucky, but you've kind of you've put yourself into this position because the one thing I I picked up from your career story so far, the overriding message that I got is that you are incre- incredibly proactive around what happens next to you. It's not a, a question of like you're the one that's made the choice to to go and do this you're the one that's then said right i want to learn about this and then you go and you you do it or i want to go and move and and you know improve my english so i'm going to go and do that and so you've kind of had the reins to your life you know and i'm sure stuff has happened to you along the way where you've had to react to and change and all of that sort of thing but the overriding thing is is that you're here because you've put yourself here. This is not, it's not luck. Your, you know, your, your talent and your drive has gotten you to where you are at this point in time. And the fact that you wake up every day, you know, and you're exactly where you need to be, it sounds, at this point in time in your life, it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. We could, we could, we could leave the podcast there. It's just a lovely, <laughs> wonderful, fluffy, happy thing. At the, at the end of the day, we, we've got a, a skill, it's in our hand. So, you know, we don't need to carry much. It's, it's in our hands. So you you can, this is what's wonderful with this industry. It's, you can do it everywhere in the world, Yeah, you know, like you can, you know, and then you you learn from, 
from everybody all the time and it just make you stronger and and like yeah it's you don't need to yeah with one suitcase you just go wherever you want yeah no <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you don't probably go somewhere with a stack full of cvs and and hope to get a job there's probably <laughs> an easier way to do that the, these days but um yeah especially with visas and things like that i would uh, i would imagine yeah, that... but no but also i think the other thing that i picked up was is that you've you've kind of I don't want to say you've ticked things off as you go, but you've gone, you've gone somewhere and you've learned something. You've gone somewhere else and you've learned something else, and you've gone somewhere else and you know, and you've got all of these different styles of of cookery, all these different uh, styles of restaurant, volume, fine dining, gastro pub, cafe, you know, which must bring you into a really a solid grounding for a role like you have now, where you've got to kind of explore lots of different things for lots of different types of businesses again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I would imagine in a like as a, an example in a museum you're going to have a cafe but you're probably also going to have a restaurant mm-hmm. and so having the knowledge of how both of these things work must serve you well it, it does indeed yeah it's uh and I've always been you know very curious about different foods like the, the one I need to tick in my box it's uh like Japanese I don't right. know much about Japanese food. I, I find it very, very complex. But yeah, it's, um, you, you know, cooking, it's, it's you learn every day, you know, and uh, it's uh, like different, different people, you, you know. I remember my, my, one, my, one of my kitchen porter was from Colombia, you know, and you, you, you cook stuff food and you learn about Colombian dishes, you know, like, like when I was in US, one of my chefs was Mexican and he actually teach me the right way to make pico de gallo and guacamole, you know, that is, that is things that can be, you know, served in a more refined restaurant and more classic places, you know, it's uh, the versatility of, uh, of the different cuisine, they can be transferred into different style you know it's just um yeah hmm. yeah and that one that's it's kind of a a, a never-ending thing as well i mean you know the, the combinations that we're still learning right i mean they, we learn from each other as you say your colombian kitchen porter teaching you you know, about colombian food I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to learn about colombian food as an example you know and <laughs> there, there's just there's always something else to learn i'm sure even raymond blanc learns new things on a, a fairly regular <laughs> basis or maybe not actually i think he knows everything but anyway <laughs> he's the master of the master <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so well talk to us about your role now then and the types of things that you're that you're covering you mentioned that you're in stadia and that you're in museums and things like that but give us a kind of snapshot of what your kind of your day looks like so it's been, uh, I mean, recently it's been a lot of uh, of work around that new legislation with the calorie, uh, you know, that new law who, like we started on the 6th of April. So we worked. Um, That's fun, worked... isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... I am going to reserve my comment right now. I did say that this is not a political podcast, so I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to take you down that route. <laughs> Uh, no, so what was a lot of work on this? Obviously, it's reacting uh, a lot with uh, the different issues we've got with the supply. You know, like all the problem around the world, like Brexit and Ukraine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's just making for all of us uh, things a bit more difficult and recruitment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, we've got wonderful project that uh, coming up right now. So Sodexo Live has invested into a, a farm, and we are growing our own vegetables. Oh, uh, nice! So it's called, yeah, so it's um, it's called Full Circle Farm. The charity attached to it is the Garden Army, and it's a, a regenerative farm. Uh, so the the gentleman farmer Tom is just such a wonderful man. And uh, he, the goal is like to grow your vegetable, but it kind of like prolonge, like the, the soil will not be used. Do you see what I mean? I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Um, it, it yeah, it's regenerate itself, you know, because you're doing the right thing. So, for example, he, he was telling us that he's going to get another piece of land and he's going to put like some pork, you know, uh, and then uh, like the, the fact that the pork is going to be walking on that ground, it's going to, you know, create something onto the soil. I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I think I've met Farmer Tom. Did you? Did, I think, did Farmer Tom, was he involved in uh, the Hotel Birch in Hertfordshire? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I, I went there and did a, he does 
or he certainly used to, I don't know if he's even still there, but the um, he used to do these talks around what they were trying to do with the land. Mm-hmm. And there they would have a, they would set up a place for the, for the pigs to work mm-hmm. the land. And then when they're done there, they move them onto the next piece of land and they bring in the chickens then who do their thing with the land. And then, you know, that's at that point you start to plant and then you effectively recycle all of this all, all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was uh, totally hooked on that because, you know, uh, this is one of the things that, that nobody ever used to talk about, but more and more people are talking about now is regenerative farming, right? And mm-hmm. to get a, a, a big company like Sodexo Live behind something like that, I think exactly what it needs. It needs it needs big business to to take hold and not just be, you know, taking advantage of the land all the time which is, you know, for the, the last few years, we've seen that I think the topsoil levels are, you know, at all-time low and we can't grow things properly if there's no topsoil and all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it, it's wonderful news for me that a, a big business is, is getting behind something like this. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's great, and it's not only this. It's like you know, we're gonna we're gonna learn more about vegetables. We're gonna we're gonna go there and we're gonna help him, which is uh, you know when. I live in London, you know, I live South London. It's, it's, you know, we've got a lot of park and it's nice. But I remember like when I, I visited his farm, it just one morning, it kind of revitalized me. Yeah. Like I, I was, I in a, you know, yeah, it was like, you know, so peaceful and dogs running, grabbing, you know, apples and, you know, playing around and, you know, you, you got your hunter and, you, you know, it was a bit raining, but just, just the way it showed, you know, and, and I felt like pumped up, you know, I was like, whoa. And, you know, for mental health, it's so good, you yeah. know, like just, you know, like we are, we're going to organize like, you know, for our teams, like some, some days where we're going to go there, we're going to help him out. We're going to, we're going to make a little picnic. We're going to learn more about vegetable, where it's coming from, what, you know, like seasonality is obviously very like key into our philosophy. Like it's key, 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 and yeah, and then you know there is things sometimes you're very surprised. Like how how does it grow? Is it coming coming from a tree? Is it coming from the soil? Like you yeah. know how uh, like I mean pineapple? Is it not crazy? Like you know like you, you, there yeah. is things like sometimes you, you you know you're like oh what is it? Oh yeah, because it's it's yeah. I, I mean I find that fascinating, and I'm really really looking forward to it and. And obviously, we able to tell him like you know what we want, and we're gonna use those vegetables to create our menus. Fantastic! So yeah. it, it, it's just super cool, really, really super cool. Absolutely, yeah. And the, I can imagine as a chef as well, like that's as you say, it's revitalized. It's like oh yes, and I, I'm gonna literally much like the scenario whereby you've got a fishmonger delivering fresh fish to mm-hmm. you that's that was caught that morning. Now you're gonna be able to like chop off a pineapple or pepper or whatever. Well, I don't know. Can we grow pineapples in this country? I don't think so. No. <laughs> we can no. ask Tom. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing is off the table with Tom. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's uh, so that's cool. So that's one uh, wonderful project we've got. And the second one is uh, so Dexo Live has created a scholarship, an apprenticeship with uh, Raymond Blanc. Brilliant. Yeah. So that we're going to have like about six, eight uh, like, like young chefs who uh, will be able with uh, heat training to um, develop their skills in, in our venues that we've got in London. And they're going to have the chance, the chance to go work two months at the Manoir. Wow. Yeah. So it's... Where, uh, where do I sign up? I know. I said the same. I said, can I? <laughs> so this, uh, this is... This is a wonderful opportunity because they will be able so they, they're going to do two months in uh, each of our venues in london they will be able to support us for a uh, jardin blanc in chelsea flower show royal ascot once again which is things you see when we go back to it i remember my my first royal like i've never you know done major events like that way like that volume like you know you you do yeah you do big weddings and stuff but and even after like 20 years working in this industry I was like oh my god you know it's like mind-blowing the organization behind it and like you know like the the you, you know there is this kind of positive bubble like you go there and you just lift it up by everybody and it's um it's just yeah it yeah 
it's so they will be able to to be part of that and uh and i'm very 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 excited about it like we're gonna have some days out as well like show show them like you know barrow market make them try some products going to the farm so they're gonna have an amazing year amazing fantastic yeah absolutely and you know that it's one of the things that i think we can do as an industry to really turn the tide of attracting more people in is let's mm-hmm. give them moments of inspiration let's inspire them to come into the to the industry you know let let it not just be about getting a job you know let's let's give them the opportunity there's lots of i've had the the uh, i suppose the privilege whilst doing this podcast of talking to lots of people who've got lots of different little things going and with enough little things going on mm-hmm. you know in 5 years time we'll look back at this time and go God, do you remember that time we had that recruitment problem? Yeah. You know, but it needs everyone to step up. And it's great to hear that you guys are stepping up as well with, you know, who's not going to be inspired by spending time with Mr. Blanc? But also, you know, is there any better training than actually live training, getting out into yeah. the venues and learning about ways and means and uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the good the, moments, the bad moments, everything? Exactly. The, the, you know, the... the this industry, like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's back the same when you learn the language. To I learned English. I think I started to learn English. I was like eight. They, they, you know, in France, they started, you know, give you a class once in a while. And so I arrived in America. I didn't know how to say a word, you know. Yeah. The best is just being, you know, your hands into it. Yeah. You, you will learn way more after one year going into different venues, seeing different kind of food, like events, like the organization be, behind major events, then going tack, fine dining, you know, like fine, fine dining, like excellence even, you know, like the Manoir au Quatre Saisons. And then, yeah, we're working on, you know, like the precision, you know, it's, uh, you will learn way more than, than, you know, going to school. I mean, school is important. Don't take me wrong. It's, you know, it's giving you this military and, you know, like it's yeah, important to learn about grounding. different things. Exactly. But in terms of our work, you uh, our industry yeah try it out you know you're passionate you you eager to 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 learn different things you 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 want to be part of a, like a, a family because at the end of the day this industry there is a special bond feel you know it's um i mean you spend more time with your colleagues that you're spending with your friends or your family so yeah. there is this kind of like like brotherhood and and uh yeah it's it's it's, it's a team but it's deeper than a than a team it's uh yeah no no it, it it's family is what it is yeah. it's what it becomes and it, I, that sounds very whimsical to say that but mm. in in the end you know I, I i count it's been a long time since i've been anywhere near operations but i count back the the number of my mates that i'm still in contact with today far outweighs you know from from that period uh, when i was mm-hmm. uh, an operator you know because you kind of you live and die together, you know. You mm-hmm. you know you you share the celebrations, but you share the the times where it all goes horribly wrong as well. Mm-hmm. And and you actually the times where it goes horribly wrong are always going to happen. And you actually learn more about each other in these moments, I think, than than you do when everything's lovely and easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think critically for that, the feels like leadership understands this now as well. Mm-hmm. You know that there's um, I know that we've historically had you know, culture issues, but the the, the change in the um, in the kitchen space in the last few years, you know, you can feel there's more people actually really care about the whole process. The human is part of that process. And you build such, as you say, such amazing bonds with people because you're just, you know, you're sharing so much together. Yeah, it's, it's the pressure, you know. It's, you know, when you are at the pass, and it's really funny. I was talking with um, our divisional exec chef uh, last week and uh, he finished his shift. He gave me a buzz. He was like, oh, Emeline, I was at the pass. And I was like, I was like, it's good, isn't it? I was like, this, this, you know, like you've got that tinkle in your stomach and you feel like you are in a Matrix movie. You know, it's like, da, 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 check on <laughs> and this and that. And, and he's like, it's, you know, it, it, I don't know, it takes you. And, you know, this is why we do this job. Because we worked all day, all afternoon, all night, you know, we cook different food. And then there is this peak moment where, you know, you achieve something. It's not like, you know, you've got like a six-month project. No, that, that project is every lunch, every dinner, 
every afternoon tea, every breakfast that you do, you know, it's this. And then it just takes you and you've got that kind of like trance. You don't feel anything. Like you can burn yourself. Don't don't feel it. You yeah. know, you cut yourself. No, no, no. You, you're like, oh yeah, go, bam. You know, like you just Iron Man, you know, at that moment. Yeah. And it just, and you float. And then there is, you know, I mean, this is another thing I kind of love, but you know, the energy, you know, I think we, we all have vibration, you know, in our body, we all related with one and the other, you know, and, and it's when you are at the past and everyone is just so focused, there is this, you know, it's like, it's floating there and, you know, and it, we have one goal, you know, it's like send those dishes, you know, the best we can. And it's, yeah. yeah. And he, he told me that last week and I'm like, oh yeah, like it always takes me, you know, this, yeah. you could, you could cry. You could, you could have a, a drop of tears so much you in the emotion and it just, I don't know. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Love well, it's great. It. It's great to see. It absolutely. is, And um, yeah, it makes me feel like I want to work for you because you're, you know, that, to work for people who show the passion and show the care in what they do. It's, you know, it's what it's all about. Uh, you know, we need more people like that uh, throughout the industry and in every single facet you know, once we've got um, that foundation and play, then everything else takes care of itself. <laughs> yeah, God, we went deep then, didn't we? That was um, that was great. Um, but we do go deep on this podcast from time to time, just from time to time. So let's um, let's talk very quickly about your uh, your Instagram page, Foodie and Paws. So yes, dogs and food basically are your two things. Yeah, my, my two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And um, I, I'm going to suggest that probably the dogs are more important than the food, ultimately. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I'm a, I'm a big, massive dog lover. Like I had the, the most wonderful boxer uh, who traveled with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the uh, in, uh, in US and in, in Spain and in, in London. And uh, she was a, a, French, uh, a French dog, which I actually got in a restaurant that was working. Okay. I was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working there and uh, they, they had, I remember I was once again, because in France at the time, it was a, like, you know, you just walk by with a CV and you're like, oh, are you looking for, you know, for somebody? So I arrived in Montpellier and it was this restaurant was called Le Six. And then I knocked by and I had those two big massive boxers coming at me. And the boss was like, uh, I was like, oh, sorry, don't worry. They, they, they're nice. They're nice. I was like, all right. I dropped my CV and I was sous chef there. And I fell in love with uh, with this boxer and Solo, he was called. And uh, the owners made babies. Um, I don't know how you say in English, like they made babies with... Um, yeah, they got little puppies. Yes. And uh, the, the waitress uh, who was working there was getting married. And the, the owners were like, okay, we're going to offer you one of the puppies. And she was like, oh, Emeline, come with me, come with me. And... Uh, She's like, I'm going to go, go pick, pick my baby. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, if I'm coming, they're too cute. Because I really had a special <laughs> affection for Solo. Like, really, really, really. And then I'm like, okay, I'm coming. And then I opened the door and the, the, the owner opened the door. And then I saw Daya coming up. And she was exactly like her father, like the same color. The other one were more clear, but she was exactly like that. And I just instantly fell in love. And uh, yes, I'm working in a, in a busy industry. Yes, it's not easy to travel with a dog, but uh, but yeah, you find ways around it. And uh, she's been with me for, uh, she, she was with me for 12 years and a half. And uh, yeah, the love of my life. The, yeah, yeah the, the best. Yeah. yeah. Do you know your point there about uh, about it not being easy? Life's not easy, right? And, it, uh, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. You know, we've got to uh, stop being scared of stuff not being easy you know and uh, and build yourself up to be able to cope with not easy mm-hmm. um it's a much better place to be than running away from not easy anyway that's another rant <laughs> yeah but after it's being straightforward you know it's like you you know I, I, when i moved to us i said i've, I've got my dogs and actually my, my bosses had dogs and I said, uh, well, looky me, I had my flat in front of the restaurant, but I, I, I stated it right away. I was like, I, I will need to take her for a walk. She will need to be, you know, entertained. And uh, yeah, and it, it just worked. Yeah. Even even in London, you you know, you're like, okay, like right away when you, you pass an interview, like I have a dog, you know, like, uh, like I'm not going to go home and take a nap, but, you know, I do need, uh, you know, to organize myself and making sure that, you know, she's well looked after. Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, now uh, 
once again, another, uh, so she, she had a wonderful life and uh, passed away last year. Oh, and, uh, and then Lily and Lola uh, came into our lives. So it's two, uh, two little French bulldog, completely crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was another one as well. Uh, like, you know, like go back to the puppy life because everyone think puppies are wonderful. They are. They are wonderful, but oh my God. They, oh, they I, I know. I yeah. know. Yeah, you yes. got a beagle. Mm. But they're pure, you know, that's what is good. And, you know, you, 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 finish, uh, you finish your day and you just open the door and they just, ah, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it brings you, bring you down. And the thing, you see, one thing, I used to bring work with me at home. Like not physical work, but my mind, you know, so yeah, either yeah. you, you annoyed because you messed up a recipe or you had a bad service or, you know, you just like, it's not, you know, better, better, better. And I always, you know, and you come home and then you're like, you know, you're talking with your partner and you're like, oh, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then I start to see that my dog was really agitated right. and then because they actually absorb emotion and they pick up uh, and I worked on myself because I, I got my dog quite young. Uh, I had my dog when I was first head chef mm. and I've learned how to try to control my emotion. And then, yeah, the, the walk or like the journey, the commute for, from the restaurant to my place was that moment where I need to like, you know, let it go. And then coming home and for her to be calm and not excited because, you know, she feel me very excited. Like, you know, she teach me how to calm and really be at home and try to breathe and um yeah well and and relax. there we are and that's a wonderful segue back to hospitality well done <laughs> but, but it's um but it's true though there we can learn so much from them they're they're always they don't judge they're in the moment you know the all of these things which our silly human brains take us into various different directions but you know i, I think what they bring to you from a mental health perspective is mm-hmm. just it's off the charts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's probably enough about dogs. Yes. The, uh, for uh, regular viewers of the show know that I'm a dog person, but um, but there we are. <laughs> viewers, listeners, uh, I'm not on the telly. A couple more things before I let you get on your way. Stories. Now, you have given us a couple of stories, but are, are there any particularly funny stories that you could share with us from your career so far? But funny, funny stories, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of different memories. It's, it's, uh, it's this, this moment when you put music and you all sing together. There is not, there is not one, there is a million of different tiny stories. Yeah. You know, it's, it's difficult it's, uh, to pen it down, isn't it? Yeah, it is because you're going to laugh because, yeah, you try to, you know, like fix a, a sink and then you've got water around or you're going to laugh because you, you think you, you can carry a lot of things and actually you, you drop a pot and you're like the pot of soup and then, you know, yeah. and you all start to laugh hysterically or, yeah, and when you put music in the kitchen and then you all start to, you know, one start to sing and then the other one and then, you know, it's all those specific moments, you know, out of service, you know, the prep, uh, when you make the mise en place, uh, and it's, so I don't have one single memory. I've got millions of different tiny yeah. memories. Yeah. It's often the, 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 the things that have the, the most fun associated with them are, are perhaps not that funny in the moment because they've put you in a, a, you know, a bad position or whatever, but you look back on them and go, Oh God, do you remember that time when we, I tripped over and I, you know, literally wiped out eight plates of food or something like that, you know, and, and you know, in the, at the time it's like an utter disaster, but it is. it's, like it's you, all you, part you, of your learning, right? Yeah, you, you blend the soup and you like, and out of the blue, everything just splash on your face or, you know, you put, you see flour and then poof, once again, you know, it's all yeah. those, it's a tiny little moments all the time that it's, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes up, makes up for a wonderful career. Yeah, it, it's a, it's really, it is a nice industry because you can, you know, you, you can be yourself. Like yeah. the, the diversity of, uh, of this industry, it's, it's any, it's, everyone is welcome. You come from different backgrounds, different nationality, you know, you have different way of things, things, you know, it's such a, yeah, yeah. You're, pas- you're passionate, come, just come, come, yeah. you will learn, you will learn. You yeah, know. Absolutely. Yeah. And the development as well, the development, it's, it's uh, unbelievable. 
yeah. you can grow, you know, you, 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 yeah, whatever you learn, there is no bad experience. Everything you do or every restaurant you can work, every people that you meet, it's just, you know, give you something and make you stronger. Yeah, there's a, a, a previous guest on the show had a, a saying which I always loved and remembered, although I'm probably going to completely screw it up now that I say that. But there is, I think it was something along the lines of there's no losing, there's only winning and learning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's going on a T-shirt. Yeah, because you you need you need to fail sometimes, you know. Yeah, and sometimes absolutely. you know, sometimes you know you're gonna fail, you know. Yeah. Like like it's uh, sometimes you make a recipe, you're like I'm gonna cut corner, and you're like I know I shouldn't, and then you're doing it anyway, and you're like you know that that's such and and then you learn, with, you yeah, and then the corner. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, why did I do that when I know I'm going to fail? You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to ask you what your top three reasons for someone to join hospitality, but I feel like you've given us loads over the course of this uh, this chat. So I'm going to let you off the hook with that one. And I think just wrap things up. Um, yeah. I think you've had a wonderful story so far. It sounds like you've got some wonderful things coming up oh, yeah. uh, as well. And um, I've, I've been hugely grateful for you taking your time out to, to have this chat today your energy and passion for this industry is amazing thank you and we need more people like you and long may that continue as well <laughs> if people want to get a hold of you to learn about you or sodexo live or anything that you're getting up to what's the best way for them to get in contact with you yeah like i mean via linkedin which i is think that's how we a... connected wasn't it in the, exactly. in the first place yeah i can't LinkedIn. even I, I i think i I can't even remember why I reached out to you, but I, because we weren't connected before this, mm-hmm. and I, I think I saw you in a post somewhere, and you just, you're doing something incredible, and I thought, wow, yeah, that, let's let's have a chat with you because <laughs> uh, it sounds like you're getting up to some really cool stuff. And then we had a chat before, and then you're, I was like, yeah, your personality, people need to learn about Emmeline. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. It's no uh... problem at all. Mm. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's uh, yeah, hopefully it will you know give like a wonderful vision to to people to come join this uh, this amazing industry, and um, don't be scared. Just just go for it. Yeah, go for it. nice, <laughs> fantastic. Thanks so much, Emily. Have a thank wonderful you, day ahead. You too. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Emmeline really did bring the passion to our chat, and I'm forever grateful to her for sharing her story. And her story is not the only episode we have for you this week as we once again bring you a cheeky bonus this coming Friday. If you care about hospitality, you won't want to miss that. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you then.